All right. Thank you, Chelsea. You know, that was a very memorable trip. Uh, that was actually my first time in Africa. I've been to many nations and never had the opportunity to go to Africa. And when that opportunity arose, it was, it was a great time. I think everybody here will, will tell you that there were a lot of good memories came from that trip. And one thing I want to encourage everybody to come is to check out the gifts. Not only that, but check out what Morgan's doing. You know, ask some questions, poke, prod, find out. Because one important thing, it's important that we support our missionaries, okay? And Michelle and I have had a mission. We have a nonprofit we've had since 2010. We've worked in the country of Ukraine. I've uh, been there quite a bit. And uh, so we understand the struggles of fundraising and raising support to be on the mission field. But come be a part. Uh, find out if God's leading you to help support her, okay? And if he is... It's very important to understand that you're investing in a good thing. And I want to tell you, this Morgan is a good thing. We've known Morgan for how many years? Long time. Morgan kept our kids when we spent months in Ukraine. She, her and Chelsea moved and stayed with our kids. I'm so sorry. But, <laughs> but it's a good thing. It's a good thing. It really is. Now I want to, uh, did you come ready and expecting? All right. Remember last week we talked about stirring that gift up on the inside of you. You know, I know I got a little excited last week and the kids told me I embarrassed them. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll, try to, I'll try to keep that under wrap today. But I want to do something really quick. If you're visiting with us, we've been, we're lacking in, in welcoming, our, welcoming our guests. But if you're here, I want to say thank you. I want to thank you for checking us out. You know, there's churches all over Auburn. And if you chose us, I want, to, I want to thank you for coming. But also, I want to encourage you to pick one of these up off the information table outside. And what is this? Well, this is our vision. This is what Compass Church was created for. The vision here, our mission statement, and this here will be, clearly be our strategy of how we're going to accomplish that. And I ask you to take that, take that home, and just read it, study it, and pray over it. And uh, see where you may fit, because this may be a place for you to stay. And if it is, we want to say welcome home. Amen? I'm glad to have you. And I hope, and you've already told me you came expecting. All right? So I'm going to be, we're going to go. I want to do something really quick. I want to do a little recap of what we talked about. You know, you guys know we're about a month into this thing now. Uh, the second week, uh, a lot of you guys were gone with youth camp. We had quite a few people gone. So I want to do a really quick recap. And I want to talk about what I talked about in that second week was something very basic, but very, very vitally important. And that was... Eight steps to knowing the will of God for your life. Okay, we're laying a foundation for the church. We all need to be on the same page. Some of, it, some of, it, some of you may be thinking, that is so basic, I already know that. That's okay. We're going to repeat it so you know it again. Understand, repeated information becomes knowledge. Knowledge gives power, and we're teaching on this word. We're teaching on spiritual things, and you need power against Satan, so we're going to repeat it so you'll know it. Okay? That being said... Eight steps to knowing God's will. I'm not going to go over all eight steps, all right? But I, one thing I wanted you to really see is it begins with your walk with God, all right? You've got to have your relationship with God. Remember, you're never going to see the full potential of God's will in your life unless you have a prayer life which is contingent on your relationship with God. Amen? Got that? Now, the one big thing that most people miss out on when it comes to their Christian walk, all right? Understand, when you accept Christ and you become a Christian, now what happens? Well, you have to take ownership of that. That's your Christian walk, all right? I can't do it for you. I can guide you. That's my job, and I will do that. But you have to take ownership of it. 
It's got to be yours. What does that mean? That means you're going to have to put a little effort in this. You know, this gets overlooked so much in today's society, especially in America, where everything is so readily available and easily accessible to us, especially with the technology we have now. I can't promise you that it's always going to be easy. I can't promise you that you're not going to have to work at it. Because the fact of the matter is, if even at your job right now, if you don't work hard, you don't succeed. You don't go forward. Same concept with your Christian walk. Take ownership of it. Take responsibility of it. All right? It's yours. And what does that mean? That means you need to be seeing some spiritual growth. When you accept Christ, all right, you're new, you're a babe in Christ. All right? You may be 50 years old, but you're new in Christ. You're new to the Word. So you, you start out just like an adult and a child, all right? There needs to be some spiritual growth in your life, amen? And that means you're going to have to do a little work to get it, all right? I wish you didn't. I wish we could find a way that some app that we could download and that'll do it for us, but it can't, all right? You're going to have to do that, and you cultivate your relationship. You're gonna, in order to have that relationship, all right, you're going to put a little work in it. You're gonna, what does that mean? You're going to spend time in the Word of God. You're going to spend time developing your prayer life, all right? Without that, it, you're never, ever, ever going to be successful. It's not going to happen, all right? It's absolutely not going to happen. You know, just like when we garden, we cultivate the soil for, fruit, for healthy fruit, amen? Same thing in your spiritual life. You cultivate that relationship with Jesus Christ. You spend time in the Word so you can have healthy fruit from your spiritual walk with Jesus Christ, amen? All right, everybody with me? And we left that service. And at the end of that service, this is where I got a lot of questions people asked. Because I talked about this a little bit last week. But at the end of that service, we, I left with, I, I wanted everybody to write down the vision for their life. What it was they felt like God was calling them to do. And not only that, but write down what they're believing God for. Because everybody in here is believing God for something. You're asking God for something. Amen? But I wanted you to write it down. Write it down. You put it in your prayer journal. If you don't have a prayer journal, write it on a napkin and stick it in your Bible. I don't care. It's very important that you just write it down. Why? Because when you write it down, all right, and you continually pray over it, and then you go back through and you check it off as God see this, sees, as, as it, God brings it to pass, all right? What are you doing? You're seeing God move in your life. It don't matter if it's something little, or if it's something large. And this is working, folks. I'm already getting testimonies, jobs, healings. I'm already getting testimonies. This works. When you write it down and you see God moving, what is that doing? That's encouraging you. That's building your faith strong. Remember, First John tells us faith wins the victory. All right? We're to live our life by faith. All right? So you write it down. You're not only encouraging yourself, then you bring that into your church house. This is your church family. You share your testimony. All right, it rolls off of you. Now you're encouraging other people that maybe haven't seen God move yet. Now they're feeding off your faith. You're not only building your faith, you're building their faith. Everybody's building their faith strong. Everybody's being encouraged in the word, things the way that God is moving. All right, it's very important to see God moving. And when they do, they build their faith. And then... That leads us to last week. We had an awesome service. Not only is it important to write it down, see God working in your life, you've got to be able to release the power in your praise. All right? Amen. You've got to be able to thank Him for it. 
And that led us to having the right attitude, an attitude of gratitude. How thankful are you? Amen. Be quick, be alert to see God move, all right? And when he does, be very quick to thank him for it. I don't care if you're walking across a parking lot and you see a quarter on the ground, well, that's a blessing. You know what I mean? People laughed at me when I told the story last week about getting the nickel. But man, I'm going to tell you, when I was a new Christian, when I found that nickel and I was believing God for that nickel, man, that nickel was like getting a million bucks. It was so exciting. I could have done a backflip. I still get, I still get excited when I think about that. But that's very, it's very important, all right? Now, all that in a nutshell. So if you were, he, were not here on the second week, I want you to go and do what I said. Write down what you believe God is calling you to do, all right? That's very important. Write it down. Pray over it. And as we go forth, we're going to do this at the beginning of every year. Now, it's going to change as you go throughout the year. You're going to add some things to it. You're going to take some things off of it. At the end of the year, I can't promise you that God's going to answer everything on your list. All right? There's no given. But what it's doing is it allows you to see God move in your life when he's working in your life, and it encourages and it builds your faith. Vitally, vitally important. Now, that leads us to today. What do we want to talk about? The next step is a prayer life. All right? And then... This is something that I think is most Christians overcomplicate so, so much. Uh, you know, that's, people feel like they're not qualified to pray. I can't do the these and the vows and this and that. Look, don't overcomplicate this, all right? This is your heavenly father. Just like Michelle sitting here with her father. She don't go to him and say, thou, thee, thou, thee. She simply talks to him, okay? And it's the same concept. Just simply talk to your heavenly Father. Amen? Now, one key to having a successful prayer life is your prayer life has got to be based on the Word of God. Amen? All right? You just don't go rambling around, throwing things out there. Remember, your prayers, all right, are based on the Word of God. Always remember that. All right, so what I've done is i put together some principles. And these are some very valuable principles. And I want you to get these principles... If you're taking notes, I want you to write them down. And I want you to get them in your spirit. Get them in your heart. And I want you to put them into practice in your life. Amen? If you're not taking notes, I hope you've got a good memory. <laughs> but one thing I want you to be, understand, as, we, as you start beginning your walk, and some of you have already developed your walk, but, all right? You've already started your Christian walk, but some of you have not. So that's why we're starting back at the beginning. But as you do this, I want you to learn to be definite in what you do. You know, just like Michelle, she's very definite when she makes a decision to do something. If she goes to the grocery store to get five things with her little list, she goes and she gets five things with her little list. Now, you give, she gives me the list, and I go to the grocery store. Well, man, I'm in there. There's donuts. There's a cake. There's a steak. Man, I want some bacon in the morning. I come home, and I'm getting that look like, and I'm like, <laughs> she doesn't send me to the grocery store very often. <laughs> but what I want you to see is I want you to, to, you need to know what it is that you need from God. Know what you're asking from God. All right? goes back to, remember, taking responsibility for your Christian walk. All right, knowing what you need, all right, you got to know it and be definite about it. Don't be wishy-washy. Don't be all over the place. Amen? Amen? Now, this is something the Lord dropped on me this morning, and I just jotted this down. And this is something that is so very basic, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell it anyway because you'll be surprised how many people overlook this. 
And I've seen it a lot. And, and people that have been in church for many, many years. And it's going to be based out of John 16, 23, and 24. And let me read that right quick. It says, In that day you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. All right, what is this? This is Jesus. All right, Jesus' words. This is him talking just before he goes to Calvary. Just before the death, burial, resurrection, he's talking to the disciples. What is he telling them right there? Very simple, very basic. We pray to God in Jesus' name. All right? We pray to God in Jesus' name. So don't, don't pray, dear Jesus. You know, I need... No. You pray to God, you end in Jesus' name. Amen? Very simple, very basic. I think everybody's got that, but I want to put that out there because it's very important. It does get overlooked a lot. All right? So we start there. Now, the next thing I want you to see, and this I can go in a lot of different directions with, so Lord, lead me. Um, and I want you to, in this, be specific and stand on God's promises. All right, being specific, what does that mean? It goes back to what I said about needing to know what you need from God. What's going on in your life? And I see this so much in Christians, especially financially. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that. And please understand, I would never, ever get up here and speak from a spirit of condemnation. I would never deliberately try to condemn somebody. I've been in financial trouble before, but I'm going to teach on this because it's very valuable, okay? But one thing a lot of Christians do is they don't know what they need. So they're throwing out random prayers to God, all right? It's like this, I... I, went, I remember a couple when I was in Oklahoma came to me, and they were needing help. They were obviously in, they were in a lot of trouble. Uh, won't go into a lot of detail there, but they were about to lose a lot. And and so we sat down and I talked with them, and 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 I wanted to know a little more about what's going on. And and I said, well, what do you believe in God for? I want to agree with you. I want to. Agree. I need to know what is it you need from God. He said, we're believing God for a million bucks. Well, that's not that's not scriptural. That's not biblical. Number one, they did not even clearly understand what they needed to pray for to have the victory over their situation. All right? And number one, remember, God's not a counterfeiter up here printing money. Everything that he's going to bless us with is in the realm of this earth right now. If you need money for a financial miracle, and he performs them, he's done it in my life many times. Understand, he's going, he's going to move on somebody's heart to give that money to you. He's going to produce, open a door that's going to give you a job that allows you to make that money. Or maybe open a door for an investment so you can invest and make that money. It doesn't just rain off of a puffy cloud and end up in your bank account. It doesn't, that doesn't happen. And furthermore, if you, if you, if you can't budget $50,000 a year to survive on, why would God give you a million? He's not going to. He is a God of order. He's a good God. He's going to be with you through whatever circumstance you set in motion based off of your choices and your decisions. Amen. And you're going to overcome. It just may take a little longer because, <laughs> all right? I said all that to say, be specific. Know, take ownership of your Christian wall. If you're in debt, know why you're in debt. Know how much debt you're in. 
Know how much you need to get out of it. Because if you only need $500 to get out of debt for whatever reason, it's so much easier to believe God and pray for it. Amen. And to understand, not only be specific, but stand on His promises. And that goes back there again, reading your Bible. You know, there's no way you can do this without spending time in the Word of God. So those of you that don't like to read, please learn to love it. And the more you do it, the hunger in you, the desire God will create, once you stir up that gift on the inside of you and push yourself to dig in, dig a little deeper, get a little closer, and tell God, talk to Him, say, look, I'm expecting you to show me something. Then He starts showing you things in the Word that applies to your life and those situations that you're going through at that time. Oh, man, it's great. It's awesome. But I want you to be specific. Take ownership of your life, ownership of your spiritual spiritual walk, all right? Determine for some spiritual growth in your life and apply that into your prayer life. Remember this. It's better to pray for two minutes and be able to tell God honestly what you need than it is to sit there and ramble for three hours for nothing. Amen. Amen. Now, I understand there's times when you pray in the Spirit and you don't understand, and we'll cover all that too. But that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about understanding your situation, all right? Taking ownership of your Christian walk. Now, next one. This is really going to throw you for a loop because it just seems like obvious. But you'd be surprised. You've got to, you've got to ask God for what you want. You've got to ask Him. You've got to ask him. And everybody says, but doesn't God know what I need? Yes, he knows what he needs. He knows what you need. Absolutely. But according to Matthew 6, 32, which is his word, he tells us. We're told specifically to ask for what we need. Why? God wants you to know where you're at. He wants you to understand. You know, it's not just a free-for-all. You know, he wants you to understand what you're going through, have control of your situation depending on him, and understanding it through faith that he's going to see you through it. Amen. He wants you in the victory just as much as you want to be in the victory. Amen. But so you, you, and to sit there and say that you're just dependent on God to do whatever just because he's a good God. Ah, he's just going to do whatever. He's going to do what's best for me. He's a good God. That's unscriptural. It goes against what he just said in his word. So no, and there again, ties back to knowing your situation, knowing what you need to be praying for. Amen? You got to know. And another very important part of that is believing. 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 Everybody say believe. believe. All right. You've got to believe it. You know, in order to live a life, a successful prayer life, in order to do that, you do it by faith, but in order to do any of that, you've got to be able to believe what? His promises in His Word. You understand? You see how all this is tied together. If you don't know His promises, so if you're not spending time in the Word, you don't know what to believe. It all goes back, all right? But believe. And not only just believe, it has to be so deep in you. It has to be in there that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know. That when you pray, it's got to be so strong. And this comes, the more you build your faith up, the more you see God move in your life, the more you get encouraged. Your faith gets so pumped up that when you pray, you can pray and that's it. That's all you got to do. You pray and then you believe and now you turn around and you're praising Him for the victory. Just like we talked about last week. You're praising Him before those circumstances charts start to change. And when you get to that point, oh, 
It is so, you can ask Michelle, it's so fun. We've been through this so many times, have we not? It's just, and I'm going to tell you, we've been looking at walls and mountains and we're just like, oh Lord, oh Lord. Just like we talked about Jehoshaphat. Well, we ain't going to make this, you know, we're going down, you know. But no, you just keep standing on the promises of his word. Amen. You've got to build your faith up. You, faith wins the victory. All right? So you've got to get there. You've got to believe it. You've got to believe it. Don't be sending out rambling around praying. Be specific about what you're praying for. All right? And now the next one. I guess this will be number four. I didn't really number them. Okay. Thank you, Miss Debbie. She's a school teacher. She keeps me in check. All right, now this one, this can hinder your life in a lot of ways, all right, this next one. Uh, it, but it, it will definitely hinder your prayer life, and it's forgiveness. Now, look, I know half the crowd just turned me off on that one, all right? You cannot harbor unforgiveness, all right? You can't do it. You cannot do it. You can't walk in love. And have unforgiveness in your heart. You can't. And listen, I know, I know, I know, I know it's hard. I know it's hard. I mean, I'm, I can't tell you how many times we've been stepped on, walked over, and, and had to walk in love. I'll tell you a quick story. When we first graduated Rama, we left out, and we had a very, we knew that we were going to do something in Ukraine, the country of Ukraine. And we weren't sure exactly what it was at that time. So we connected with another ministry, we were young. We didn't know. Uh, we were not a licensed 501c3 as we are now. And so another minister allowed us to, to run our funding through his ministry. All right? Don't ever do that. <laughs> Don't ever do that. Because at the end of the year, we got phone calls from, uh, from donors that donated to us wanting to know where their tax receipts were for about $20,000 that we never received. That's a lot of money when you're broke and trying to start off on a, 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 a ministry. So yes, I was angry. And I'm going to tell you, I had to, God had to deal with me on this. That's a lot of money to me. It may not be a lot to you. It was a lot to me, and I needed it. I needed it. I mean, we were eating bologna sandwiches for a while there. Nothing wrong with bologna sandwiches, but you know. Hey, I'd rather cut a ribeye, I mean, cut a filet mignon than I would a slab of bologna. But, you know. Uh, but... I understand. I want you to know that. I understand. But please know, you cannot. You can't have any ill will. You can't have any jealousy. No animosity. None. None, none, none. You're going to walk in love, okay? Remember, forgiveness knows no limits. All right? No wrong is too large or too small. None. None of that. It's not selective. You can't pick and choose. Well, that's just a little over the line. I'm going to hold on to that one for a little longer. You've got to... And listen, it, it comes to what we talked about, de- developing attitudes, develop, putting habits in place to have the right attitudes. You start doing it now. You start being quick to forgive and let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Because if you dwell on that, that stuff will dig on the inside of you and it will make you an unhappy person. Amen? And let me tell you something. Forgiveness break down, it breaks down walls. All right? When, <laughs> when you truly truly understand with, from a heart of love and compassion and you completely give it to God and you completely let it go, it gives you a freedom and it is unexplained. It'll make you the happiest person in the room. I can't explain it. It'll make you want to do cartwheels around. 
right? It breaks down walls, right? It breaks down barriers. So don't be having any, harboring any unforgiveness, okay? Let it go. Everybody say, let it go. All right, well, make sure you're awake with me now. All right. Now, next, this one is vitally important too. I know these aren't very, doesn't sound very scriptural, but these are very, very good principles that are very important to your prayer life, okay? All right, be positive in your thinking. All right? Be positive. You know, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you something bad about Pastor Allen. I can be negative. My wife's like, <laughs> we balance each other very well. Which that, and it has its place also. But like, I can, like which is good if you're, if you're implementing a plan in your business and you need to know how that plan's going to fail before you implement it. You know, you sit down in the room and we have a strategy meeting. We talk about it and we discuss it. I can tell you how it's going to fail. And then you work against it before you implement it. Now it succeeds. But the problem with that is I have a tendency to... First, think about the ways things are going to fail. And thank God I know this about myself. So when we're having meetings about where we're going or what we're going to do, what it be for the church, and I'm listening to ideas from people and bouncing them off, I'm very slow to respond. And Stephen's probably seen this. He's been in a lot of meetings with me too. And, I, and I, I'll even catch myself sometimes. But I want you to know, stay positive in your thinking. All right? Remember, one important thing is believing. And in order to believe, you've got to be positive in your thinking. You've got to keep thinking correctly. When you pray, you pray. You stand in faith. You stand in, on the promises of God's Word. All right? And then you believe without a doubt in your heart. Because we all believe His Word is true, right? All right. His Word is true. There's no doubt. God's not a liar. All right, you find the scripture you need in the context. Make sure it's in context. You're not just rambling through there and finding something. You know, all that comes from spending time in your word, developing that relationship. And listen, the Holy Spirit will show you. Very important, very important. But not only that, you pray, you believe, and when the enemy, and he's going to do this, when the enemy starts bringing doubt and unbelief in your life, you cast it out. You do not take it. Remember this, if anything comes in your life or comes across your path and it brings doubt, unbelief, division, death, breaks you down, that is from the enemy. You can always tell almost any situation that comes against you and you ask, is that God or is that the enemy? If it builds up, if it edifies, if it's promises, if it's positive, it's from heaven. It's from God. If it tears apart or tears down, it is from the enemy. And listen to me. That is very important to understand that because don't let that come out of your heart in your speech. Amen? Don't, don't, don't just speak death, destruction, division. Speak ill will towards people. Be careful. Be careful how you speak. But when doubt comes in, and he's going to bring it. That's where he, the enemy always starts. Because if he can get you to unbelieve, if he can get you not to believe on the promises of God, then guess what? He's got you. Because you ha- in order for your faith to work, you have to believe the promises. So he starts there. And if he can get you to unbelieve, 
You've got to cast it out. You stand on James 4, 7. You resist him, and he has to flee. And listen, when I, this is what I'm talking about. Don't overcomplicate this. You talk to him. Don't you be afraid to stand before Satan on behalf of your family, and you cast him out. You tell him. You have no place in my family. You have no place in my job. You have no place in my finances. Now listen, you may do this in the, in the prophecy of your bedroom or wherever. You know, you don't want me walking around the mall doing that, I don't guess. But listen, do it. Do it. Listen, <laughs> he, he gets such a stronghold in this world because people are so concerned about what other people think about them. Listen, this is a time where you've got to be bold on the things of God. You've got to have a fire and a tenacity in you and a willingness to go out there. And who gives a rip? Listen, there's some hard, we're in some hard times. We are losing people in this world to the enemy. A lot of people that could very easily be reached. And not just by me, they could be reached by you. And you probably know a few right off the top of your head. Amen? So when the enemy comes... And he starts putting that doubt in your mind. Listen, you tell him. You, I'm not listening to this. You, you get out of here. You have no place here. And you quote the scripture. He cannot stay. He cannot stay. The scripture doesn't lie. Resist him and he flees. Amen? Amen. And now look, I guess you could tie this one with that one. Uh, guard your mind. Alright? Guard your mind. This kind of goes in line with that, but I see this a lot. Um, by this, I'm talking about evil thoughts. Okay? When the enemy can't get you with doubt and unbelief, remember he knows your weakness. He knows everybody's weakness. And everybody in this room has dealt with some type of sin in their life, myself included. Nobody's perfect. No preacher that gets up in front of a congregation that preaches is perfect. No person sitting in the congregation is perfect. So we've had to deal with that. So what I'm saying is, if you're dealt with some type of sin in your life, the enemy's going to use that against you. If you're dealing with alcohol, guess what? It's gonna, it, those thoughts are coming to your head. Huh? I know this is hard to hear, but I've got I to get this out there. If you're dealing with pornography, those thoughts are going to come to your head. Whatever your weakness is, that's where he's coming. That's where he's going to be. He's, what he's going to do? Well, what does the Bible tell us? The Bible tells us, 2 Corinthians, cast down every imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You, it goes back to paying attention to what's happening in your life and being quick to respond. Quick to respond. When he starts coming in with those evil thoughts, and you know, you know when those evil thoughts are, are catered toward what you're dealing with in your life. You know, that's between you and God. But you know it. But you've got to be quick to respond, quick to cast that down. I love what Matthew 6.31, I love it in the King James. It says, 6.31 says, Take no thought saying. You ever wonder how a thought gets life in your life? I know this sounds maybe a little over the top, but I'm going to throw this out there just so you'll know. You can't control the thought from coming in here, okay? You can't, you can't control that but you can control what happens when it gets here. That's the important part. I heard one pastor say it like this. You can't stop the birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from making a nest on you. You know what I mean? Amen, you can. You've got to be quick to respond. When that thought comes, you cast it out. You take it. You, you talk to him. Satan, you get out of my, you stay away from me. You get out of my life. You have no place here. You praise God. You start praising God for what he's done in your life. What goes back to seeing and knowing 
when He's moving in your life. Amen. You got to know it. It keeps you encouraged. Keeps you built up. All this ties together, folks. Ties together. You know, Philippians 4.8 tells us, whatever is true, honest, just, pure, lovely, of good report, and if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Keep your mind clean. Keep your mind. When those thoughts come, you cast them out. I'm not going to, you just don't allow them. You don't allow them to stay. Understand that you have authority over your life based off the Word of God. All right? You have the authority to speak against the devil on the Word of God for your life. Fathers, you have the authority to speak on behalf of your family based on the Word of God. The enemy's coming against your family? No. You stand up as a be a responsible dad, father, and you speak against him. You're not going to have him in my family. He has no place in my finances. He has no place in the help of my family. Enemy, Satan, you get out. I cast you out. You quote your scriptures. You know your scriptures. All right? I'm not giving you the scriptures because I want you to look them up. And I want you to know. All right? See, if I get them all from you, then you're going to get them here and you're not going to go home and read your Bible. But I want you to read your Bible because you need to know to read your Bible so you'll know the promises of God. Gotcha. All right? <laughs> all right, and last. I know I'm, I know I'm going a little long here. But, uh, this is very, very important, okay? And this gets... Uh, gets overlooked a lot nowadays. But it's not going to get overlooked here, okay? And that is allow the Holy Spirit to help you, all right? And I know, I know, I know there's so been, been so many wrong teachings on the Holy Spirit and, and people don't truly understand the Holy Spirit, but the Word clearly tells us that God is sending us a comforter, sending us a helper, and it is the Holy Spirit, amen? Allow Him to help you. Romans 8.26 tells us, In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Intercedes. Intercedes. To plead for another. On behalf of another. I'll give you an example. Last week, I guess it was Wednesday. I'm not really sure what day it was. About 2 o'clock in the morning. Um, God, I just woke up from a deep sleep and just real heavy on my heart. God put somebody on my heart, and they're sitting in this room right now. And, you know, I'm, I'm, how many of you know I'm very in tune to when God's telling me something? All right? You want your pastor to be that way, okay? And I'm very willing and very quick and obedient to obey him when he tells me to do something. So I knew that something was up, all right? I didn't have any details of what was going on. Didn't know. You know, I could have sat there and pondered over it. and thought, Well, I don't know anything, so I'm not going to pray anything. But no, I didn't. I knew what God was telling me to do. He wanted me to pray and intercede on that person's behalf. And this has happened quite a bit. I've prayed for a lot more of you all than you realize. You know, that's part of what a pastor does. When God drops something in our heart, I may not know the details, but I'm going to pray. Now, how do you pray? I pray in the Spirit. Pray in an unknown language. So I spent probably 30, 45 minutes praying. Had no clue what was going on. Uh, It didn't really matter. I just knew that God was calling me to do it. So I did. After about 40 minutes, and we just felt peace, went back to sleep. Now, I could have got up the next day and said, oh, I've got to find out what happened. I've got to find out what's going on. That's not important. All right? It's not important. It was important that I obeyed and prayed for them, and I believed by faith that my prayer helped comfort them through whatever situation they're dealing with. Amen? Amen. So let the Holy Spirit 
work in your life. Let the Holy Spirit guide you when it comes time to pray. Amen. And let Him intercede when you need to. If you don't know what to pray, pray in the Spirit. All right? Pray in the Spirit. Very, very important. Now look, these are, these are some simple principles. Very simple principles. And I want, I want everybody, I want you to get a hold of them. I want, I want you to get a hold of what we're doing here at Compass Church. Get hold of the vision. Because everybody in this room has a part in it. All right? You're not to come in here and just, I hope that we don't bore you to death that you just sleep through the services. We don't want to do that. Remember, we want you learning. I want you growing. I want, you know, I, I want you, if I don't see fruit from your lives, I'm not doing my job. Amen? All right? I don't want to know all the details of what's happening in your life, but I do want to know that God's moving, and I do want to know that God's working in your life. All right? So write it down. Write it down. Encourage yourself. Build your faith. Encourage others. Bring it in the house. Share your testimonies. Don't ever feel like, oh, I don't want to share a testimony. I don't care how small it is. You don't know what people around you have been through with that week. You do not know, and you don't know how little, I mean, or how much something little will encourage that person. Amen? Amen. Pray it. And, and look, be, be in tune to what the Spirit's telling you to do. Learn, one of the first things I require, uh, recommend that everybody does when they're developing their spiritual walk is learn when God's talking to you. Remember, the, the two, and it's not difficult. Remember, the two main ways that He speaks to us is through prayer and His Word. Alright? His Word. It goes back to the importance of Reading His Word, all right? And what does that mean? You, you, you reach out and you pray to God for a certain situation, and then you sit down and you're quiet. You meditate on it and you let Him talk back to you. And guess what? It may take a little while, but then He'll bring you somewhere in His Word that will direct your path in concerning that situation. It's not, it's, it's, it's not that complicated. And then you accept it with a confidence and with a faith that you believe Him because He's not going to mislead you. And look, when you're developing this and when you're learning this, you're going to miss it a couple of times. I've done it. Still miss it every now and then. You know? We're human. Nobody's perfect. But the point is, I want you making the effort to do it. All right? Because let me tell you something. If you go out in this world and you do not depend on our Heavenly Father to help you make your decisions in your life. All right? It can be... And I could keep going on this, but I'm not. But... I see it so many times. People go in, and because of their selfish wants, how many of you know humans are selfish? Come on, we are. I mean, we all want what we want. We want 15 cars, the biggest house in the neighborhood. That's what we want. That's what we want. But we got to be able to control that. And so many times, even in Christians, they go out because they're selfish. And listen, if you're a car salesman in here, nothing against you, but if you're not, don't go looking at cars. Because they're going to convince you you need that car. They're good at it, all right? But what happens is you go out and you look at this car, and man, you like it. How many of you know that new car smell? I haven't had it in a long time, all right? A long time, all right? Lord, we're going to talk about that later, but yeah. But that's not important, but (laughs) they can convince you you need it. And once you go and you get there, if you don't take the time to pull back the reins, all right, no, I'm going to go home. I'm going to talk to my Heavenly Father about this. We're going to pray this out. If you don't understand where you are in your situation, in your life, financially, everything, 
where you can truly or honestly afford that before you know it. Because listen, our society is developed off of selling things. Everything is modeled by selling things. Houses, cars, whatever it is. So our society is set up to make it easy for you to get it. They don't care how much debt you take on to get it. They don't, if they bury you in debt, they'll go on down the road and then they're going to be working on this guy and they're going to give him, give him, give him until they bury him and then they're going to the next one. Well, I understand we don't need you. We don't want you there. We want you praying and having that relationship with God so that when you want to go and you, you're believing God for a new car or believing God for a new house, He can direct your path. So you don't make a fleshly decision and then end up hating it down the road. And it happens. I've seen it. I had a friend of mine in Birmingham talking to him last night. Uh, I actually talked to him yesterday. Well, we were uh, talking about uh, he went and bought a car. This is where this all came from. And he said, man, he said, he said, I wish I hadn't have done that. He said, uh, I said, why? Don't you like it? And he said, I love it. The problem is, is they convinced me to buy two. Yeah. And it was a spur-of-the-moment thing. Yeah, it was great, man. He come home that first day. He got his new Chevrolet, and his wife got her new Chevrolet sitting there. And they, they king of the neighborhood, all right? After about three weeks of that, then the payment book gets in the mail. You know? He said, I said, well, what would you have done different? He said, well, I would have taken some time out and prayed about it a little more. I said, well, you don't need me to tell you anything. I think you learned your lesson. Now, understand this. God's going to be with him through this situation. He's in a financial strain. Right? He's going to be in a financial strain for a while. He's going to come out of it. God's going to be with him when he comes out of it. Now, I can't tell you that God's going to perform a miracle and pay his vehicles off, which now that's what he's believing for. He set these things in motion based off of his own choices. And we all do this. Everybody in here does it. So, develop your relationship when it's an important decision. I mean, you don't have to ask God for everything. What you're going to wear, what I'm going to eat. You know, I've been around those people, and you're just like, really? Just eat a hot dog, you know? Come on. You don't have to be that way. But you do need to consult him about jobs. Do I need to take this job? You know, just because a job has all the the biggest money doesn't mean it's the best job. You know, have that relationship. Be willing to listen to your heavenly Father and develop that. Amen. I hope you got something today. I know I went a little bit longer than I expected, so uh, I really hope you got something. And you know, one thing I want to do today, Rachel, if you want to come on up. You know, we're talking about prayer, and I want to end the service. And this has been heavy on my heart ever since the other night when when God woke me up to pray. I just sense that uh, there's a lot of people that, that are they're dealing with some things. They're dealing with some stuff. And they may not have their wall developed to a point yet where they're comfortable getting their answer or, they, or, or, or they're confident enough. If that's anybody in this room, if you have a situation in your life, I want to pray with you now. I'm going to ask you to come down front and I want to lay hands on you just like the Scripture says. And I want to pray with you. Because remember, we're a family. Nobody in this church should go through things alone. Not by yourself. I don't want to know your business. I'm going to turn the microphone off when you come down. If, if anybody comes, if you have, whether it be healing, whether it be financial, whether you're trying to have trouble with your children, I don't know what it is. 
But you will not believe how many phone calls I've had in the past two weeks where people need prayer. Well, if that if that's you and you want some prayer, I want you to come down front now and I want to pray with you. And we're not going to make anybody. If nobody wants to, that's okay. That's absolutely okay. You're in your own time. But listen, there's an anointing that's on a service when God's speaking. When God's here, when the anointing's brought up through the worship, you, you pull on the things of God. Alright? And the anointing's here and the power's in the anointing. You know, God speaks through me. It's nothing special about me. I'm just an obedient, willing vessel to be here and stand before you and allow the Holy Spirit to show me what to say, to speak through me, through you guys. This is why I don't get hung up in doing preaching sermon series that take six, seven, eight weeks. I don't like doing that. I like knowing what the Spirit wants me to tell my people that day. All right? All right? We're all good? How you doing?